0: Today on Ag News Daily.
1: Sebanto is a farming as a service company using autonomous equipment.
0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Tech Tuesday here on the Ag News Daily podcast. Today's episode is, of course, sponsored by HTS Ag. I'm joined today by my co-host, Mike Pearson. Our intern, Madison Honkamp, is putting together lots of wonderful projects that I've assigned for her today. So it's just you and I, Mike.
2: That's all right, Delaney. Kind of a throwback episode. I can dig it. Yeah, there you
0: go. All right. And you're on your way back from Chicago, so we're glad to have you.
2: Yes, indeed, on our way back. And I've got to say, Delaney, I had the chance to visit a legend last night.
0: Oh, yeah? Who's that?
2: Well, not who, but what or where, I guess, is the question. Okay. I went to the Chicago Board of Trade building Mm. and went to series.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you meant you were actually going to like the Chicago Board of Trade because that's also kind of a legend, you know, Mike.
2: Well, right, right, and you know, I was in the building.
0: I think they're selling the building, Then they? I think I read that somewhere. Is that true? Yeah, they
2: were trying. I, I, I didn't see any for sale signs in the windows, but maybe they do things differently in Chicago.
0: Oh, okay, could be.
2: You know there there was no uh, there was no little uh, realtor sign in the front yard.
0: Mm, there's not really probably a yard to put one in.
2: There is not, hmm.
0: well, but okay. I had a
2: lot of fun, got to talk Good. to uh, current and former traders, folks who were living and breathing these markets that those of us out in, in farm country rely on, and uh, it's just fascinating to talk with traders, people who are ev- up every day watching these markets trading, um, the the di- the disjunction between producers who deal in bushels mm-hmm. and traders who deal in contracts and right. lots. And you know just the size and the magnitude of trades. We had a couple couple times last night where different things came up, and you know there was you know one guy who has done one trade that was two million bushels. Oh my god! And right, you think about that, and it's like God. And he goes, "Yeah, that's a it's a four hundred lot." So yeah, he goes, "I've traded two million bushels at one time," and it's like, whoa, holy cow!
0: That's a lot. That's
2: a couple. Yeah, of, uh,
0: probably I don't know how many growing seasons for somebody.
2: Well depend on the number of acres oh. and the yield. And of course yeah. acres and yield continues to be mm-hmm. a top subject today. Delaney, do you have crop progress? Oh you know. Pro- or, yeah,
0: you know I pro- do. Pro- you know I do, Mike.
2: I, I hope you did, because I do not.
0: Well, let's start out here with just kind of the big numbers because of course those are important. We have the planting progress report for corn, now at sixty seven percent planted. I think it was something like thirty Nine thirty something nope. percent emerged.
2: Nope. Oh, thir- yeah, emerged. Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
0: And then 39% planted for soybeans. But some of the big numbers that I think are of no surprise, 21 again, is in Illinois, they still continue to be well below their normal pace. They are less than half of this year's crop planted compared to 2018, where they were 100% planted by this time. Indiana farmers have also been pretty far behind pace in their corn plantings with 31% planted down from 98% this time of year.
2: Yes. Yes. And you know, I was, I'm continually astonished. We're pulled over on interstate 80 right now. I'm looking out at bare ground. Uh, Mm -hmm. Looks like it has maybe been worked fairly recently and it looks like right next door there is a farmer uh, doing a little bit of tillage but I tell you, the number of bare brown fields for the what 4th of June is absolutely incredible.
0: It is a lot. That is for sure.
2: We are going to see end users scrambling for, in particular, silage and feed needs this year as we get yeah. into fall.
0: Yeah, and one of the other things that I think... Think is still impacting growers' decisions in planting, whether or not the USDA intended it for it to or not is. Of course, the assistance package program, Secretary Perdue told reporters on Monday that, quote, I don't know, frankly, whether we can legally do it or not. We're investigating that as we speak. You have to have something to sell or to trade for a tariff impact, I hope, have a definite answer to those producers very soon, hopefully by the end of the week. And of course, that is in reference to will prevent plant acres or acres that didn't get planted be eligible for that round of $16 billion trade relief program.
2: Now, that I, I think the secretary is looking at things a little bit wrong there because the trade issues haven't just impacted growers with stuff to sell. They've impacted growers who might be using the board to manage risk because it has been an overall detriment mm-hmm. to uh, corn and soybean prices. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think that's probably how they ought to look at it. You don't have to grow anything to trade it or to put some risk management in place or to you know, buy calls or be active in the commodities world. Uh, I don't know. Just interesting.
0: It is interesting, but sounds like we should have an answer on that here relatively soon.
2: Well, relatively soon is of course always relative
0: <laughs> yes that 's true
2: um, i 've got some news. China has said they will finish their purchases, their outstanding purchases of seven million tons of soybeans uh, they will they have committed to those, and they're going to divert them into their surplus pile um, it 's interesting that they're making this move and they're announcing this move so early and also that it is just so huge we know china likes to stockpile grain we've seen them do it with corn we've seen them store corn until it is out of condition um and to see them do that with beans especially seven million metric tons worth of beans is a big commitment but at mm-hmm. least at, at least China. As far as they say, still going to follow through and not cancel those orders, which would be another hit for the bean market.
0: But does it give any timeline for when they're going to execute those purchases?
2: Um, Over the summer. Oh, okay. uh, over the next three to four months, if I am correct, because soy exporters also were doing quite a little bit of talk. How are they going to get 7 right. million metric tons to the Pacific Northwest where there's been no demand all year given damaged rail lines, uh, you know, high rivers that are, that are blocking barge traffic and just the the logistical issues caused by all of the rainfall this year?
0: Well, I have some good news for those producers that have been waiting tooth and nail to see if the disaster aid package would be passed to help with some of those issues. We finally saw that disaster aid package pass the House on Monday and now has been sent to President Trump's desk. Some of the specifics within that bill that are important to agriculture will include $3 billion to pay for crop and livestock losses due to hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, wildfires, snowstorms, and even some volcanic activity I didn't realize was going on. But um, other specifics that we have as part of that measure, $331 million in community development grants will be available to Puerto Rico and Virgin Islands affected from some of those hurricanes, um, as well as $600 million in nutrition assistance packages, the one here that still is a little vague, in my opinion, is under this new package passed, the USDA would be able to grant about $3 billion to help defray the effects of lost crops, including for farmers who will miss planting this year.
2: Okay, well, there's your prevent plant coverage.
0: Right. So I'm, I'm guessing Secretary Perdue is going to lean towards not including that in, in the assistance package. But again, I don't know.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Time but, will tell. Um,
0: We also did see the Army Corps of Engineers get about three billion dollars to help repair some of those areas impacted from all of the recent flooding. So it looks like it's going to be a slow process, I'm sure. But a lot of those communities impacted will be able to rebuild here over the next little while.
2: All right. Well, you know, we do know Delaney.
0: What do we know, Mike?
2: Mad cow disease or mm. BSE bovine spongiform encephalopathy, has been found in Brazil. Oh. Yes, so Brazil has now uh, suspended all beef exports to China uh, for 60 days. This is in compliance with the quarantine rules and laws and et cetera. Uh, Basically, it was a 17-year-old cow that spontaneously contracted the disease. As these cows age, apparently, or I do remember this, that BSE can just set in. And that's what happened And um, it did not enter the food chain, but China is reviewing whether or not they will reallow imports after this temporary suspension. And uh, I guess we'll see what this means for the markets.
0: That's interesting. Another um, meat market that might be impacted here over the next little bit is the Canadian market. The Canadian Agricultural Ministry put out a notice today and and, uh, information here that China customs agencies have notified Canada that they will be increasing inspections of Canadian meat and meat product imports starting, I think here, pretty much as soon as possible. They say that they are trying to increase meat, ins- meat inspections because of African swine fever and anti-smuggling effects, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, that's yeah, something to watch uh, as we well. know what they're really doing. Yeah, I know.
2: It's it's retaliation for arresting the Huawei chairs, daughter.
0: Yes, well
2: Just like with Canola. China's playing the game, they're playing the game.
0: They're playing it well, I'd say.
2: Well, yeah, they're they're playing it. I mean they're they're using their muscle, absolutely.
0: They are. And it's uh it's apparent that it's now seeping into how producers feel because we got the latest round of the Ag Economy Barometers, and it showed that Farmer sentiment has hit a 32-month low. Mike,
2: well, it's a combination of trade and just not being able to get in the field.
0: Yeah, that, that is, just
2: wears psychologically on people.
0: That's absolutely the case. That is why we saw the barometer drop so much, um, fallen 42 points since the start of this year. And we've had Dr. James Minter on the podcast uh, before to talk about the barometer, but. Those are that's really the big impact here. The big takeaway is it's not only trade, but it's also now the wet, soggy fields. But uh, really, you can see over the past couple of months here as they've been doing the barometer, they asked the question, um, do you think soybean trade disputes with China will be resolved by the July 1st? And do you feel the resolution will benefit U.S. agriculture? When they first asked this question in March, 45 percent of respondents expected it to be resolved by July 1st. That number declined to 28% in April and now 20% in May. So it sounds like folks are starting to get, you know, pretty upset or or not feeling like this is coming to an end anytime soon.
2: Right, right. I mean, it's it's absolutely not. I think I'm with the 80% that says we probably won't have a deal by July 1, so yeah. that would be just 26 days away.
0: Yeah, that seems um, pretty much near impossible at this point, but yes. uh, who knows? Yeah.
2: Well, Delaney, what do you say? I'm, I'm out of news. Should we jump into the markets?
0: Well, let's do it, Mike.
2: Well, before we do that, I want to remind everybody that today's podcast is brought to us by our friends at HTS Ag. What should you expect from Precision Technology? How about a system that works from planting to harvest? It works with any color of equipment. It works seamlessly from field to computer. It comes with a team that is 100% dedicated to helping you benefit from Precision Technology. Ag Leader's complete Precision Package is driving the new agriculture. Contact HDS Ag, your premier Blue Delta Ag Leader dealer at 800-741-3305 or visit htsag.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Well, big thanks to HES. Now we're going to jump over to the markets. And of course, our markets are brought to us by our friends at the Zaner Group. You heard Brian Grossman on the podcast yesterday. You can get his insight, the insight from Ted Seifert, from any of their market strategists and use them to put a marketing plan in place to manage your marketing risk by giving them a call at 312-277-0050. And we've got mixed trade in the markets. Wheat, drug, everybody down. Early corn and beans fought back, though, and finished in the green. July corn up a penny at 425 and a quarter, with December new crop up two and a quarter to finish at 444 even. In soybeans, the July was up two and three quarters, closed the day at 881 and three quarters, with November up 3 cents to finish at 9.09 and a quarter. As I mentioned, Chicago wheat, Kansas City wheat, all the wheats were the dogs today. July, Chicago down 12.5 cents at 5.07 and a quarter. September down 11 and a quarter to close the day at 5.14 and three quarters. We had some positive news in the cattle industry. Of course, that story of BSE in Brazil and the subsequent suspension of their exports was a tailwind for the market. June, live cattle up 77 and a half cents at 107.55 the august contract up a dollar 25 to close at 104.05 and feeder cattle big gainers today the august contract up three dollars 95 cents closed at 137.45 september up three dollars 75 cents to finish at 137.87 and a half and in lean hogs mixed trade with the june down 45 cents at 81.12.50 the july up a dollar 27.50 to close the day at 85.80 and jumping over to the dairy market in class 3 milk the june contract down 9 cents on the day at 1595 with july down 13 to close at 1634 now we're going to jump into our hashtag tech tuesday discussion with Craig Roop
0: Well for today's tech tuesday interview chatting with Craig Roop the CEO of Sabanto Craig, tell me a little bit about Sabanto and what you guys do in the Precision Ag or AgTech sector.
1: Okay. Sabanto is a farming-as-a-service company using autonomous equipment. Uh, Kyler Laird from Indiana and I got together, and we decided that we are going to take autonomy into agriculture. And we started this spring autonomous planting throughout the Midwest and, and going north. And we have a JCB 4220 Fast Track Tractor and Harvest International 18-row 20-inch planter. And we are traveling throughout the states and autonomously planting soybeans for farmers.
0: Hmm, okay. So when you say farming as a service company, what does that mean? Break that down for me.
1: Okay. We're not specifically selling equipment. We are taking off-the-shelf equipment, and we're uh, automating it, and we install computers, uh, uh, various peripherals, and what we do is we program up the tractor and the planter to follow a path and autonomously plant and we stand on the side filling it with seed, uh, fuel, and uh, adding other inputs to it.
0: So is it... I just want to make sure I'm understanding all this correctly. So is it software that you can install into any type of, of tractor or equipment, or is it... We, walk me we, through that part. Yeah. I
1: yeah, that's a good question. We supply the equipment. We um, currently... We have in the past, we have automated John Deere, Agco, uh, Jan Mar, and various other tractor brands. And we've done planting, uh, tillage, uh, you know, mowing, um, we've done grain carts, and we've done a little bit of harvest as well. Hmm. But we understand there is a labor shortage in agriculture. And uh, farmers, you know, they have a really, really tight window in which they have to plant, and that's quite evident this year. Yeah. And we are basically coming out to to basically uh, be an extension of their their current uh, equipment lineup. So we will come in and take certain portions of their um, requirements uh, for farming. The performing field operations and, um, and extend that so they can get more acres done in less time.
0: Okay, gotcha. So you guys are the ones bringing out the equipment and helping them in times of maybe they need to get something in the field fast. You guys are coming out and planting or controlling the equipment to plant or harvest or whatever on their behalf. Correct. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So, how does that work then if I'm a producer and I need to use your services? Am I paying you a flat rental fee? Am I paying you a per acre fee? How does that structure work?
1: It would be a per acre fee. Okay. And, and we came out this spring almost like a proof of concept where, you know, we're just trying to break even and learn about what it's going to take. To attempt to deploy an autonomous planting platform, yeah, so and you, working with farmers throughout the uh, throughout the Midwest.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned that this growing season is really unlike any other growing season that we've had in quite some time. I think seven. Let's see, nineteen sixties or fifties is the last time we've really been this far behind pace. If we continue to have inclement weather like this, do you see? This type of service being a necessary requirement for the ag industry.
1: I think it's going to be a necessary requirement because the window of opportunity to plant, um, specifically this year, is really really is really really tight. Mm-hmm. And I can see ourselves, um, you know, coming in and we there's certain areas in the country where they're falling behind. Could certainly come in and um, extend the uh, the capabilities of a lot of producers.
0: And it's not necessarily that you guys plant any much faster. You're just freeing up maybe a producer or a farmer's time from having to do it themselves.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, our planter. The one advantage is our planter can go twenty four seven, and. A lot of farmers, you know, if they get a two-, three-day window, well, it's really, really hard for them, given labor right. and just I guess the, the situation they're in, for them to go 24-7. And eventually, you know, that will be a reality where you deploy an autonomous piece of equipment and it clicks off 500 acres 24-7. Um, we currently, we have a 30-foot planter. But you know, part of part of this this proof of concept going out is trying to get a feel for what size equipment is required to do this. Given that we are mobile, you know, there were there were certain constraints that we had to follow. I, I didn't like for example, I didn't want to use two semis to haul this equipment. You know, so we are limited to one semi. So we're using a thirty foot planter and a in a rather small uh, JCB tractor, but it's small in, in height and width and length, but it still delivers about two a, uh, 225 horsepower.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So for uh, those of our listeners that maybe aren't super in tune with the business world, explain to us what a proof of concept is and how that aligns in the overall scheme of commercial launch.
1: So a proof of concept is where you, I mean the 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 service that we're offering is not is not mature enough at this point in time, and we went out to um, to learn you know what are some of the the hurdles and the the uh, constraints that we have, have to operate under. You know, when I go back, you know we can do five hundred acres per per day, but, you know, how are we going to, um, tender it with seed? You know, how is fuel going to be handled? Um, what are some of the, I guess the areas where we need a little bit more mature technology? You know, we wrote this software over the past two three years and, and it works, you know, it works fairly well, but there are just other types of, uh, Requirements and necessities that we need in the software that we're going to be updating um, this year. Okay. Uh, for the for the twenty twenty
0: um, so planting season. Is twenty twenty really when you feel like this will be ready to launch on a bigger scale?
1: I, I believe it is. Yeah, we're gonna, we're going to continue this year uh, doing double crops, uh, planting double crops, and and performing some tillage and and. Maybe even take on some harvest uh, type um, uh, activities, but uh, we're we're not stopping. It's just planting, and we're not stopping this year. We're going to go back, go back to the drawing board, clean up, fix, develop some some um, some more uh, uh, capabilities, and then come out uh, in 2020 a little bit uh, stronger.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like you've said, the need is definitely there with the labor shortage, especially that we see in the ag industry. Craig, explain to me. I guess it's kind of a two-part question here. The first is, what kind of maintenance or involvement does a farmer need to have when this when this type of equipment is running? Is it just let it go? Do I need to stand there and watch it? And then, secondly, how do you defend the argument that technology like this is just eventually going to replace producers in, in general?
1: Uh, so, okay, both very good questions. Um, for starters, what we do is we, um, we supervise it. So there's no maintenance in terms of the farmer. Um, he, is, you know, he is just going to be using the servos. We maintain the equipment. We supervise the equipment. The equipment is actually, you know, it's fully autonomous, meaning it, it is deciding what to do, where to go, and 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 all that. We just sit back and supervise it, making sure it's going in the right direction, making sure the planter's working properly, and so on. Now, this will never be a replacement for the producer or for the farmer. Um you know, what hybrid you use, what population you use, what, um, what seed uh, variety or hybrid, that is still com- completely, uh, you know, up to the producer. We have no desire of doing that. Looking at the data, doing any data analytics on, on, the, on the planted, the applications or the harvest, that is, that is not in our domain. Um, so the farmer is, it, it's going to be a tool for the farmer, definitely will not be a replacement.
0: All right. I'm sure uh, our farmer audience members like to hear that. But Craig, if they have, if they've, their interests have been piqued during this discussion, where can they go to find out more information about your 2020 launch for this Sabanto Autonomous Ag product?
1: Yeah, you can go to www.sabantoag.com, S-A-P-A-N-T-O-A-G.com, or you can um, email me at craig.rupp, crei at sabantoag.com.
0: Awesome. Well, Craig, thank you so much for your time today. I really have appreciated it. Well, thank you. Well, a big thank you again to Craig there and folks, it is Tech Tuesday and we've got an exciting new podcast launching on Global Ag Network, the premier podcast sponsored by Premier Crop Systems. It's very technology focused, very agronomic folks, but also very economic focused.
2: Yes, it is the marriage of agronomics and economics that Premier is exploring. And so, listeners, hop on iTunes, hop on uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and just look for the Premier podcast. That means the best, it means number one. <laughs> That's why we gave it that name. So, be sure to just search it out and give it a listen. Uh, we'd love your feedback. We'll be sh- uh, recording a couple more episodes over the next coming weeks. And, uh, yeah definitely want to know what your thoughts are
0: yeah absolutely you can give us your thoughts anytime on our facebook or on our twitter accounts at agnewsdaily or you can head to agnewsdaily.com which takes you to our new website and you can contact us there as well mike with that should we let the people go
2: we should let them go delaney